The episode you're about to hear originally published early Friday morning. Later Friday morning, things changed, as they tend to do in the Trump era. Trump walked back his order to declassify some information related to the Russia investigation. In a pair of tweets, Trump said that Justice Department officials and key allies persuaded him not to release the information. To better understand why officials would want Trump to walk back this order and for insight into how his initial move breaks with precedent, you can listen to our full episode now. Here it is. Text messages, warrants, and interview records. These are some of the materials President Trump wants the American public to see. The things that have been found over the last couple of weeks about text messages back and forth are a disgrace to our nation. And I want transparency, and so does everybody else. As you know, congressional committees came to me and they wanted this. On Monday, Trump called for the declassification of multiple documents related to special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. Breaking news in the Russia investigation. The White House just announced that President Trump is asking the director of national intelligence and the Department of Justice, including the FBI, to release unredacted classified documents and text messages related to the start of the Russia investigation. Our justice President, President Trump used here. executive power to order his Justice Department to release documents, documents that are part of an ongoing investigation in which the president himself is among those being investigated. Documents that his own Justice Department recommends stay classified. So, does that order to declassify these documents fall within his presidential power? Or, in other words, can he do that? This is Can He Do That? A podcast that explores the powers and limitations of the American presidency. I'm Allison Michaels. This declassification order happened Monday. You may have seen it pass through the headlines, and then a bunch of other news happened this week. And this story faded a bit. But we wanted to come back to it here on Can He Do That? Because this moment raises crucial questions about using presidential power when it pushes against well-established norms and when it appears to create conflicts of interest. But before we answer those critical questions, let's talk about the specific materials Trump wants made public. So there's a couple different classes of materials that he ordered declassified. That's Matt Zapatosky. He's a national security reporter here at The Washington Post. Now, the first of the three classes of materials Matt mentions is what's called a FISA warrant or a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act warrant. In this case, the warrant is of a former Trump campaign advisor, Carter Page. So this is like a warrant that allowed the FBI to monitor Carter Page in secret after he had left the Trump campaign. They're normally all classified. His is kind of unusual in that a piece of it had already been released. Trump ordered a bigger piece to be released. The second class of materials that Trump wants declassified are records of a series of text messages from several people who've worked in the FBI and in the Justice Department. Those people are James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Lisa Page, and Peter Strzok. 
every one of those people touched the Russia investigation in some way, some more significantly than others. So Jim Comey was the director of the FBI. Andrew McCabe was his deputy. They sort of were at the top of the food chain when the Russia investigation was going on. Peter Strzok and Lisa Page are lower down. Peter Strzok is a former counterintelligence agent. Lisa Page is a former FBI lawyer. They were involved in the Russia investigation. Pete Strzok was actually the lead agent for a while on the Russia investigation. And also the investigation of Hillary Clinton's private email server, which is another big thing that Trump is interested in. All of these people had a connection to the Russia investigation, so President Trump wants to expose their texts. Presumably those don't fall into the classified category, but um, they, they fall into the interesting and not usually released category. And the third category of material that Trump wants to declassify includes interviews with Bruce Orr. He's a current Justice Department official who had this weird kind of position in the Russia investigation. He knew this guy, Chris Steele, who authored this infamous dossier that made some lurid allegations against President Trump, alleged his campaign had contacts with Russians. Bruce Orr was on the side kind of meeting with Chris Steele and reporting back to the FBI what he was learning. And he's become a target of the president's criticism lately for that. President Trump's order to declassify all of these documents is not the beginning of this story. Trump's order comes after months of Republicans in Congress putting pressure on the Justice Department to turn over these materials. Earlier this month, this group of them, many of them are part of this House Freedom Caucus, which is sort of very conservative group in the House that are allied with President Trump. They made a public plea to the president. Hey, we have been banging on the Justice Department for a long time to release materials. And now we want these specific things, sort of exactly what the president had wanted released. The backdrop here is like they bang The Justice Department releases a little bit of material and they generally use it to discredit the Russia investigation. They say, oh, my gosh, look at what we found. This shows that the Russia investigation is poisonous or the Justice Department declines to release materials. And they say, what is the Justice Department hiding this? You know what they're hiding must mean that the Russia investigation is corrupt. So this happens. Generally, justice bends. They reach a compromise a couple weeks past. They want more things. Justice bends, compromise, a couple weeks pass, rinse, lather, repeat. We get to this month and it seemed like justice finally wasn't willing to bend. And these conservatives in Congress, they have some ability to force the Justice Department to turn things over. But the easiest path they have to doing that is getting President Trump to order the Justice Department to turn things over because the Justice Department is a part of the executive branch. They answer to President Trump. And President Trump finally, you know, just this week said, you know what, I am going to get involved. I'm going to declassify these things that my allies say will really discredit the Russia investigation. That seems to be the president's aim here. He wants things out there that will just sort of muddy up this investigation of his campaign and Russian interference in the 2016 election. So some ways that these documents might muddy that up is perhaps it will show evidence that the Democratic-funded dossier from the British spy Christopher Steele was the basis for the decision to wiretap Carter Page. This is something that Trump has asserted, that Trump allies have asserted, despite reporting to the contrary that this was not, in fact, the motivation to start the Russia investigation. Can you talk a little bit about how these documents might confirm or deny that? 
Yes. So we know that this dossier, which is this collection of reports prepared by a guy named Christopher Steele, a former intelligence agent who was hired in a roundabout way by the Hillary Clinton campaign to research Trump and Russian ties. Uh, this dossier has become the subject of great controversy because it's like this is a political document, right? This isn't like a law enforcement thing. This is a guy who admittedly did not want Trump to be president. And we know that the FBI in some measure used some of this material to get this warrant to monitor Carter Page after he left the campaign. So to Republicans, that's sort of like the end all, right? Oh my gosh, you used opposition research to monitor the president's campaign is the way they put it. That's not exactly accurate. Carter Page had left the campaign and there's all sorts of corroborating evidence. It wasn't like just this piece of opposition research. This was one piece in a lengthy application to monitor Carter Page. The text messages are a little bit murkier like what they hope to gain there, particularly like Jim Comey's text and Andrew McCabe's text. We don't have a great sense of what is in those now, but they have in the past had great success with Lisa Page and Pete Strzok's text. People probably remember these two because they were exchanging anti-Trump messages that the inspector general, the Justice Department inspector general had found. Pete Strzok was kicked off of the Mueller team because of those, eventually fired from the FBI because of those. Lisa Page left on her own. And that was like a great talking point for Republicans hey, Robert Mueller's investigators were biased. They hated Trump. They're out to get Trump. Presumably, they're trying to find similar things with Bruce Orr and um, Comey and McCabe like they found with Page and Strzok. Most of Page and Strzok's texts are out already. There might be some that they could find new ones in this review, but it would just sort of lend to the narrative that President Trump has already tried to advance. It seems like they're probably looking for similar stuff with Comey and McCabe. What reasons has the White House publicly given for why Trump's ordering this declassification? Their main reason is transparency. They say, look, the public deserves to know about these things. President Trump, though, has also said that, like, he thinks this is going to blow the lid on the Russia investigation and sort of expose it as a fraud. What I want is I want total transparency. This is a witch hunt. Uh, Republicans are seeing it. The Democrats know it's a witch hunt, too, but they don't want to admit it because that's not good politics for them. But it's a terrible witch hunt and it's hurt our country. And uh, the thing so his motive is out there. He's not sort of trying to hide behind some pure motive. I, I only think the public has the right to know what their government is up to. He says that, hey, this is about discrediting the Russia investigation just just right out there. So at this point, do we know when these documents will be released? We don't. That is a great question. It's complicated. One interesting thing here is like the president did this by press release. It's not like he had lawyers draw up something with the Justice Department about what was going to be declassified and not. The Justice Department in response to his press release is sort of going through the process and it's possible that they will like push back and say, hey, we can't release that. But that's what happens when you just sort of issue a press release one night and say this is declassified, which is, you know, it's already unprecedented to declassify some of that stuff and then to do it in that way is is uh, even more unprecedented. I guess. So then the president has decided to go beyond what the Justice Department has recommended in releasing these documents. 
does he have the authority to do that? Absolutely. So material is classified or declassified at the will of the president. He definitely can do this, but it's a question of like, should he? So should he? To explore that question, I turn to Liza Goitian. Liza is co-director of the Liberty and National Security Program at the Brennan Center for Justice. She's written extensively on classification and surveillance law, so she broke down how the declassification authority usually plays out. We're in sort of a strange uh, world here because the authority to classify and declassify is a presidential authority, but it is delegated almost all the time to various other officials. There are about 2,000 officials who have the authority uh, to make original classification decisions, and they can also make declassification decisions. It's pretty unusual to have the president step in and declassify information. And I think what's unusual here is not only the fact that it's happening, but all of the circumstances around it, the, the documents that he's trying to get declassified and how they relate to uh, his own administration. And members of the Justice Department and the FBI have said that this material could potentially compromise sources and methods and should therefore not be released in large part. Is that a reasonable claim from the Justice Department? Well, of course, it's very possible that there could be sources and methods that would be revealed. I, I think, you know, there seems to be an assumption on the part of certainly a lot of former officials and also just, just sort of a lot of observers of all of this, that this will be a disaster, that the sky will fall, and that the, the very fact that these documents are classified means, by definition, that they include incredibly sensitive information that would harm national security if released. Unfortunately, we know that there's massive overclassification in the system and documents are often unnecessarily classified. With FISA applications, in general, they often contain sensitive sources and methods. And so it certainly appears that a decision has been made to just classify them automatically and literally to classify every paragraph of them without any kind of individualized review of what those paragraphs contain. And the reason I say that is because a FISA application was partially released for the first time in July, and that was, it was actually four applications, redacted versions, in Carter Page's case. And it's a situation under the rules where every single paragraph has to be separately assessed and gets its own classification marking. That's called portion marking. And so the, f the following paragraph was individually portion marked as being secret. This paragraph says, the government of the Russian Federation, Russia, is an internationally recognized foreign government. That sentence was individually classified as secret, meaning that its release could reasonably be expected to cause not just damage, that's a lower level of classification, but serious damage to our national security. So that you, sentence. That by sentence. Itself. That sentence. And you know, we certainly don't want that getting out, right? <laughs> right, right. So so this is simply to say I, I'm not remotely saying that these applications are full of things that are completely harmless and there's no reason ever to classify them. You know, certainly most of them probably do contain a lot of sensitive information, but you cannot assume that everything in them, every paragraph um, is sensitive. The president is requesting the declassification of documents that are, A, part of an ongoing investigation, and B, part of an ongoing investigation that includes a portion that is investigating the president himself. How significant should that be to the American people? 
Yeah, and I think it's it's a good thing that you raise that because there really are two reasons why these documents have not been made public previously and why these kinds of documents are not made public. And the first has to do with classification and national security. But some of the materials that the president has ordered released are not classified. Um, and those include text messages from certain Department of Justice officials about the investigation. And those kinds of things are still kept secret, even though they're not classified, because they relate to an ongoing law enforcement investigation. And there are very good reasons why materials in ongoing investigations are not publicly disclosed, you know, including that you don't want to tip off uh, suspects as to what your methods are and what you know. You want to protect the privacy of people who are presumed innocent. And last but certainly not least, you want to try to prevent political interference in criminal investigations. And that's why the law enforcement privilege, as it's called, actually does uh, protect these Department of Justice documents, even when Congress has made a request for those documents. And so those are, you know, leaving national security aside, those are some of the harms you worry about, particularly in a case where the president himself and his close aides are a subject of the investigation, because the the conflict of interest here is just mind-blowing. The White House has said they're seeking to release these documents in the interest of transparency. Can there be a case made, especially in the eyes of those who believe Trump is being wronged by a deep state or, you know, the law enforcement system in our country? Do Is there a case to be made that tra- transparency in, in and of itself in this particular case is in the public interest? If he really were trying to be transparent about the investigation, he wouldn't have picked certain page ranges of these of this particular application that he wants released. He wouldn't have selected particular officials within the Department of Justice whose interviews he wants released. He would have uh, tried to get disclosure much more broadly. Uh, you know, I love transparency. I think it's great. I'm all for it. This is an administration that has taken down information from websites, disappeared entire data sets, issued orders prohibiting agency officials from talking to the oppressed, refused to disclose even an estimate of how many Americans are being swept up in foreign intelligence surveillance. This administration does not care about transparency. This is about politics, not openness. There's another piece of this story to consider. This isn't Trump's first disagreement with the Justice Department. He has known frustrations with various Justice Department officials for not ending the Mueller probe. Just this week, he again criticized his own Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, for recusing himself from the Russia investigation. I'm disappointed in the Attorney General for numerous reasons, but we have an Attorney General. I'm disappointed in the Attorney General for many reasons, and you understand that. In ordering the declassification of these documents, Trump is again at odds with his Justice Department. That tension contributes to a narrative that, as Matt points out, might be problematic for the president. This is a real issue for Trump because one of the things Mueller is investigating, I don't know if this is ironic, but one of the things Mueller is investigating is whether the president has sought to obstruct justice by putting pressure on the Justice Department, by threatening to remove officials, by trying to pressure Jeff Sessions to unrecuse, to sort of re-grab hold of the Russia investigation. And I think some people out there see this as part and parcel to that. Now he's trying to air investigation 
related documents. Is that meant to step in the way? It's a thornier area because this is clearly in the president's power. But this is a real issue for Trump. His what some people see as his obstructive efforts are being investigated and people wonder, is this a part of it? What might Trump both gain from releasing these documents and what has he put at risk either for himself or for sort of our institutions? Yeah. So what he gains is potential ammunition to attack the FBI, the Justice Department and the Mueller probe. So maybe he convinces some members of the public, hey, this thing is is problematic. Its origins are problematic. Um, He gets some ammunition to defend himself from the investigation. What he gives up is, you know, he potentially, if you believe people in the national security community, he potentially puts sources at risk. He sets a dangerous precedent about when classified information should be made public that our allies surely are going to take note of. Um, He sort of tears down the Justice Department and the FBI, which might be a short-term gain that the president protects himself from an investigation, but a long-term loss and that people just lose faith in law enforcement. And that's not necessarily a good thing. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Can He Do That? As always, if you liked it, please leave us a review, share it with your friends, post it on social media, and come back to listen again next week. Can He Do That? is a team effort here at The Post. It's produced by the marvelous Carol Alderman with design direction from Kat Rudell-Brooks, local art from Loren Boglio, and theme music by Ted Muldoon. If you like Can He Do That, you should check out some of our other great podcasts. Like Retropod, a daily show for history lovers featuring surprising stories about the past, rediscovered. Or try The Daily 202's Big Idea, a show that brings you daily analysis from political correspondent James Homan. You can find these shows anywhere you listen to podcasts and learn more online at WashingtonPost.com podcasts. The Washington, Washington, Washington Post. Post.